Hey there, super friends. You're about to get two interviews today on the number one podcast in Bucks County. That's right. I told you last week during the live show I was going to steal that from the Delco, the number one podcast in Delco, Doom Thugs, and I'm stealing it today for Bucks County. We are the number one podcast in Bucks County. Everything is awesome. Uh, really excited for this one. We have two cool interviews uh, in this one. Dan, the jeweler, musician, and Ferdy, the traveler, a uh, really cool guy who has literally traveled almost everywhere in the world. Just cutting in with a quick pre-intro, uh, mainly if I'm being honest, it was mainly to cut that number one podcast of Bucks County uh, promo, you know. I, I had to say it. It was, it was needed. We needed it. I did it. However, I also want to give a little plug for myself as well. Um, on June 4th, from 4 to 6 p.m. at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House in Frankfurt Ave in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, we are going to be having the unofficial Wizard World After Party. Uh, from 4 to 5, you can see A Quest for Magic and Steel. From 5 to 6, everything is awesome. Uh, late night, it's going to be fun. See latenight.awesomepodcast.com for more details on all our live events, including that June show. More information as it comes down the pipe. And, uh, you know, there's a, you know, people are supporting the show through iTunes and word of mouth. We'd love it. If you're looking for ways to support our show, help spread the good word of everything is awesome. Here's a couple ways how you can help. You can help by going to patreon.com slash that entertains. For just a dollar a month, you can help support this show. I really would love just to cover some of the operation costs so that we can go on and put that money towards more content. I would love to do uh, some more, you know, an advice podcast that's a little bit more gimmicky, some audio dramas, uh, you know, uh, some some tabletop uh, podcasts. I have a lot of stuff that I would like to do, and if, if we can alleviate some money, we can definitely do it. All those things will become maybe at least early access, if not exclusive, to Patreon, along with everything else that we do. Uh, but if you don't want to spend money, I get it. You don't have to. I'd much rather, if I'm being honest, I'd much rather you go to iTunes and leave a five-star review because that iTunes math does something to make us look even better on iTunes so that we can get more listeners like yourselves that help spread the good word of everything is awesome. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are always, always very welcomed because you're telling other people to listen to the show. Find your favorite episode of everything is awesome when you're in a, fr- in a car with your friend. Pop it on the Bluetooth so they can listen to it with you. Shove it down their ear holes so they know what everything awesome is about. Enough of me wasting your time. Let's get to the two interviews for the number one podcast in Bucks County. Everything is awesome right here on awesomepodcast.com. Everything is awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin' Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Awesome. 
welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, my guest today is a uh, musician, and, um, you know, honestly, I try to BS these uh, these intros uh, enough that today I'm not going to because I'm, uh, if you can't tell, I'm feeling a little under the weather. So, uh, without further ado, please welcome to the show, Dan the Jeweler. Hey, hey. Uh, thank you for doing the show, Dan. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, first and foremost, where are you from, man? Um, I'm from New York, but I live in um, Richmond, Virginia right now. Oh, okay. Wow. So I apologize. Uh, I never take notice wh- where my guests are from until like I'm in the moment. <laughs> uh, and a lot of times my interviews are geared towards like the West Coast, only because like I'm a, I'm a night owl. I have kids, so it's usually easier for me to do later night interviews. Uh, yeah, so no I'm, I'm young, so I'm usually, okay. Young anyway. Okay. Well, how old are you? How old are uh, you? I'm 23. Okay. Okay. So you were about a decade apart from one another. <laughs> um, so you are the, like the hip, uh, the hip millennial and I'm the, the aging don't know if I'm a millennial or Gen Xer cause I'm on that border. Uh, I just know no, that I'm Snapchat is uh, scary. Yeah. I'm over Snapchat. I actually leave <laughs> mine today. Cause I was like, I'm so sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it's um i i've never even attempted to use it it's uh it's the first time in my life and, and i work in it for like my day gig so it, it was the first time like just like reading about snapchat and that social media that like something in the it world uh or like computer world kind of like frightened me a little bit I'm like i don't understand not even not frightened i just don't understand it i don't get the point uh, so I, I've never used it and never will. Yeah. When I was like 19, I was like super good at it. And like, I used to work at this ice cream shop. So I always get like tips and stuff. And so like all my Snapchats were just like ratchet music and throwing money at my friends just to bother them. And then I was like, yo, this is really dumb. And now I just like hate it. So I deleted it. Well, and it's like almost its own little art form. Like if you take it serious enough, like it's like, you like, there is, I forget who it is. It's someone that I listened to. Uh, they were a guest on the uh, the Jake and Amir If I Were You podcast. Okay. And they um and they they literally like make their living, well, not make their living, but they make a good part of their living off of doing like, I don't know, whatever it is, six seconds or I don't know how long yeah, you can like Snapchat for. Yeah, they <laughs> like they make ten second movies, uh, and videos and stuff. That's insane to me. I don't even. I can't even fathom uh what what that's about but i would imagine like uh, uh you know because like and i and this is where i get my snapchat uh like info uh is jake and amir actually from from you know college humor and and yeah if i were you and whatnot and like they like they took on using snapchat because it's like where a lot of their fans were interacting with them at like that's like the hip so or maybe it's not anymore but it was at one point yeah. the hip social media i think it still is i don't really know like uh, my main job is like doing social media for a bunch of artists <laughs> and stuff but i like absolutely hate social media so it's kind of interesting <laughs> yeah uh, that is the one thing i've really yet to master i i think finally after being on twitter for like 10 years or yeah twitter's been around for like almost 10 years yeah. Uh, I finally kind of, I don't want to say mastered it, but I finally get Twitter. I finally understand it. Um, but I'm terrible. Like that is something that 
Um, I've never, I would never will and have never mastered like the art of like utilizing social media as a, a good marketing tool. Uh, I'm kind of starting to, to try to develop it like in the last year or so, but it's just, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't like it. I grew up in the age of MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> um, was, MySpace was cool. I miss it. Well, let's see. So when I when MySpace was hip, probably what like fifteen years ago. Yeah. So all right, you were like I, I lied about my age so I could get on it, and my parents were like, "You're not allowed to have a MySpace. You're too young." And I was like, well, "Now I have friends now." MySpace was the place where you could have the top eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was like it was it was the cool place to go because Facebook wouldn't let everybody on. You had to have like a college email account. If you wanted to get on, I, I was like, and I didn't go to like a, a college that was like accepted to be on Facebook. So <laughs> I didn't know that was the thing. <laughs> yeah. Facebook, you had to have an EDU address and it had to be part of like, it couldn't be, I guess a community college at the very least. Cause, yeah. cause when all my buddies were joining, they all went to like Penn state and I was in community college and I couldn't join. I was like, well, screw you guys. <laughs> And uh, eventually, Facebook, as, as we all know, that story ends with Facebook dominating the world. Yeah. Well, the good uh, news is AIM is still around. So yeah, shout it, out to it, AIM. It is. And it's <laughs> it's like I once every 10 years, I kind of go back to it and like and check it out. And, and, and now it's to the point where I tried to do it recently and I just forget all my usernames and passwords. Like I finally aged out of them. <laughs> yeah. I made a new one. I think it was like a year or two ago. And I tried to get all my friends on it. And everyone's like, y'all, this is really cool. And they're like, we can just text each other. But AIM actually <laughs> follows me on Twitter. And that's probably my biggest accomplishment right now. Oh, isn't it weird? <laughs> like those, like those Twitter accomplishments that we give ourselves. Like I recently just deleted about 45, 45 to 50 emails of that were just like, uh, that Kevin Smith likes your tweet camp. Like these pot, like these Twitter <laughs> followers, not follow. They didn't follow me. These, these people that I followed on Twitter that liked things of mine. I kept all those emails. Yeah. I got, um, I think Lupe fiasco retweeted me like three times or something in one year. And I was like, I am the coolest person alive. <laughs> And right like it's probably not even him like everyone's got social media people so yeah. <laughs> i thought i was I, super cool and then i was like wait nah that feeling doesn't go away when you're 33 you'll still be like hey that's pretty but like mine was even like not just like there, so i follow uh, a couple people who are like you know podcasters who like are not big time podcasters like james damato from the uh one shot podcast network um, who like I've, I've had, we've had on this show, but like, I kind of like still like respect him and look up to him as a comedian and, uh, and podcaster. And like when I, like he was a couple of the emails I, I recently deleted cause he like retweeted and liked a couple things and I, I, I saved them just for what I, whatever dopey reason. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I called yeah. my parents like last week cause I talked to someone that I liked him when I was like nine, like a musician wise. And I was like, yo, I just talked to this guy. And they're just like, okay, you do know that he's a human, right? And I was like, nah, this is cool. And they're like, all right, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, well, that's like for me, uh, I was uh, Aaron McGathy, who um, hosts This Feels Terrible, 
Uh, she was married to Dan Harmon for a little bit. If you watch Community, he yeah. created Community. He, she, so uh, she's a podcaster who I like really looked up to and admired, and like randomly sent her an email to be like, "Hey, you want to be on the show?" And like she said yes, and I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> and like that, like still is kind of like the biggest achievement personally. Like nothing against any of my other guests, uh, but like that's just like someone that like. I admire in the podcasting field. So like to have her on the show is like huge. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I get that. Like that is like one feeling that never goes away is like, yo, I talk to someone I look up to. Awesome. Yeah. Um, actually Donald Glover's dad follows me on Twitter and like, we went like a good two years in which I didn't tweet him in like a month. He bet, yo, Dan, are you still good? <laughs> and I was like, why am I friends with Donald Glover's dad? But it's like the best thing ever. Cause it's Donald Glover. So. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I thought yeah, it was a Don- parody account because his handle is like Donald's dad. And I was like, this has got to be fake. And then he's like posting pictures like me and my son. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Um, so let's let's start with like your origin point. Like what? when did you uh, get into music and, and realize it was something that you kind of like had a passion for? Uh, well, I started when I was nine, and I was not serious at all. It was honestly like my brother's friend. It was his birthday, and I didn't get him anything. So I was like, yo, I'm a ruin of all of his favorite songs. So I was like singing on top of his songs, except for the fact that I can't sing, and I had a speech impediment. My voice was like super high-pitched because I was nine. Yeah. And then that just became like a thing. So... <laughs> everyone was like yo you need to keep doing this so i made like a few albums as jokes and um actually the band guster found me because i kept doing songs over their stuff and they were like not mad about it <laughs> and i was like you should be i'm destroying everything <laughs> some dude from france emailed me like giving me death threats because i did it over a beatles song and i was like i'm the <laughs> coolest nine-year-old ever but then i was like yo i should probably get like good at this somewhat so then I was like, yo, I'm going to be a smooth electronic artist because I wanted to be on the Weather Channel. And then <laughs> <laughs> that didn't really pan out either. But I started producing, just recording with friends. And now. Wait, so so go back to the Weather Channel. <laughs> like you wanted to like, like do the weather? Uh, no, I just wanted like my music to sound like it would be on the Weather Channel. Oh, okay. I was like 13 at like some like vacation i think with my friends and i was like yo we should listen to smooth jazz and then i went past and i was like yo there's smooth electronica i just listened to that like the entire week and everyone's like are you gonna listen to anything with like real lyrics or anything and i was like no <laughs> it's smooth electronica only now <laughs> i uh yeah i have uh, a couple friends that are into like that type of music and i i'm more like your friends or i'm like i a I'm a I'm a talk guy to begin with. So like yeah. to get me on board with normal music, not that your music's not normal, but it's to get not. me on board with um the mainstream pop culture music like is a fight because like I'd rather listen to, you know, sports talk or I'd rather listen to podcasts. Like that's what's replaced talk radio for me because talk radio really doesn't exist unless it's sports. Yeah. I listen to podcasts like all day long. So to get me on board for music is, like, one thing. And then to be like, well, here's this, like, music that's just really electric sounding with no no lyrics. Yeah. I, I get well, lost. Well, I grew out of that, so I sold out. Oh, okay. I sold out my dreams of being a Weather Channel artist. And now <laughs> it started I love that. 
I I quit music for a bit, and my um my friend Kyle went to Berkeley, and he was like, "Yo, you need to make an album. You need to make an album." I was like, "Yeah, that's never gonna happen. Shut up." And then one night he just convinced me because he actually got to play at Lollapalooza, and he's like, "Yo, if I can play at Lollapalooza, you can make me an album." I was like, "Yeah, that's fair." <laughs> so then. Like the first thing I did, I was like, I'm not gonna do this conventionally because I'm still an asshole. So I made all, <laughs> I made the entire album emojis, and I didn't think about it. And I tried to release it, and no streaming service was like, we can support emojis as a title. <laughs> so I released it on SoundCloud and Mediafire because <laughs> no one could download it. And all I did was just make fun of him for making love songs all the time. And then people were like, hey, these are kind of good. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I should do this now if people actually enjoy this. So I'm a sellout. Yeah. So so what style is your is your music still like a like comedy parody based or is it? Uh, like, I just mainly I don't take it seriously. If you listen to it, it's not going to be like a little dicky type thing. It's just going to be like, wow, this guy is sad a lot. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, it's kind of like a popish indie rap. I don't really like to call myself a rapper because I don't deserve that title, but I don't know. This album, I talk a lot about like socialism and then being sad a lot, and that's kind of <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> now, where did that come from? Where did the the uh, the sadness come from, and and why socialism? Uh, there's like a lot been kind of going on recently. I was in a relationship for like four years, and that ended. And not like terribly, but it's still kind of like, wow, that was four years of my life, and now it's not a thing anymore. Um, I've just kind of always had depression, so I feel like talking about it's kind of healthy with people who <laughs> also have it. So that way, it's not like, hey, you're alone, which I know sounds cliche, but mm. there's that. But um, recently, I've just been starting to hate like materialism because I I used to be like, yo, I need to buy these shoes. People think I'm cool and I need to wear this. And I was like, yo, this is just a tremendous waste of money and it's not making me happy. And then I read the Communist Manifesto and I actually was like, yo, this is actually kind of makes sense. Like, obviously, communism, like, doesn't work when it becomes fascism pretty easily. But I was like, on a smaller scale, you can be like, hey, I can take what I need and then help the people around me. And I like that. Well, and I think really like, and this is a, so <clears throat> I don't, I speak out my ass basically. Yeah, I do but, too. But my general understanding of, of communism is like, that is actually like a really great idea, but the steps to get there are awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, hey, you worked for all this shit, then now you can't have it. Yeah. yeah so, everyone else gets to live a better life. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like this weird little uto- utopia that no one wants to work to to get to because it's just an awful, awful thing to do. And if you try to make it, then it's usually a cult, so you should probably stay away from that. <laughs> if you're yeah, like, cults are bad. I'm going to make a little community where everyone lives in harmony, and you're just like, okay, you're going to make us drink Kool-Aid soon. This isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's you always want to avoid that those kind of cults. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always find it interesting because uh, you know we talk to musicians probably the least amount on this show just because it's not someone that I usually find to talk to. But I enjoy talking to musicians. That's actually some of my favorite interviews. I actually listen to a podcast called Twenty Five O'clock, which is strictly like a, a in, uh, an indie podcast uh, in Philadelphia that 
interviews Philadelphia musicians, and it is one of the most fascinating podcasts I listen to. I re- so as much as I don't like music or I don't enjoy listening to music, I love love listening to people who play it talk about it um, and whatnot, and uh, it's always like that common. It always seems to be a little bit of common uh, a common thread with with musicians of like. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, I needed to express myself or I was, you know, depressed or whatever. And this is how I express myself, uh, which is just fascinating to me that that's like a like a real big common thread that not only musicians have, but like, you know, I was the same way growing up. I, you know, I, I was I don't know if I was depressed, definitely a little bit, definitely very self uh like low self-confidence and, and whatnot. Uh, and for me, like my version of music was wrestling. Like I turned to like, Hey, I like what they do on TV with hitting people with chairs. Let me do that. Uh, and, and so it's like, it just fascinates me that there's like everyone, I think every creative type has that, that yeah. thing. Uh, and it's then kind they... of narcissistic though. Be like, "Hey, I'm sad, so you should listen to me." That'd be <laughs> sad. Like, it's a really weird concept when you think about it. Yeah, because I mean, and that you know, "Hey, I'm sad. Listen to my music." Hey, I'm sad. Listen, uh, watch me act. Hey, I'm sad. Watch me, you know, hit someone with a steel chair. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I and... like that progression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is actually. It is very like narcissistic, like he said. It's, uh, uh, but what? I, but again, I think that's just part of being a creative type. Is yeah. I mean, and there, it, I sit here and talk for anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour, uh, and even if I have when I have a guest on, I even I tend to dominate the conversation still. Uh, <laughs> so like, I am like the biggest <laughs> narcissist. Yeah, I used to try to go for like the opposite effect. So on my last album, I was at this release party, and I just didn't tell like the bar that I was going to that I was having the album release party there. So <laughs> I just showed up with a bunch of people, and they're like, "Cool money." So this drunk girl came up to me and was like, "Is this your face on Snapchat?" Because I bought a Snapchat filter, and I was like, "Yeah, that is." And she was like, "So what's this album blessed?" And I was like, oh, "I just came out tonight." She's like, "What does this sound like?" I was like, "Absolute garbage." And she was like, "That's not how." that's not what you're supposed to reply with. <laughs> and I was like, it makes you want to listen to it. Right. She was like, no, I was like, then don't like, you don't have to. I'm just here as an excuse. Cause people buy me drinks. Cause it's an album release party. <laughs> she was like, this nice. is not how you're supposed to go about it. So I'm not really but like that- the type of dude who's like, yo, my art's the best. It's just like, I like it. And hopefully other people do, but I, I understand how narcissistic it is. Like the whole concept. That's actually one of the best, I think, outlooks you can have when it comes to whatever it is you do creatively. Uh, and that's totally something that I've kind of, like, learned in the last year or so. Uh, especially, like, so I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. And he uh, has been making these dopey little movies that not a lot of people like, like Tusk and Yoga Hosers. Um, you know, people are saying, hey, go back and make movies like Clerks. And... <laughs> And he's like, you know, he always says like, you know, well, I'm making movies for me. Like that's, you know, if you want to watch it, great. If you don't, all right, whatever. Like I, I still made it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's like just a great outlook to have because um, I think if you, 
if you don't have that outlook, and I think that's something that I struggle with, like trying to, to get to that place to have that outlook, it prevents you from doing things like, you know, you, you know, oh, well, maybe no one will like it. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, that's have you ever, I, oh, sorry. What? I was, yeah. I was going to ask like, have you ever like felt like that? Like, you know, oh, no one's going to listen to this, so I'm not going to do it. It yeah. doesn't sound like you like, would. Especially like before, like I came back, I had a different name. Um, I was young because it was like my childhood nickname and I tried, like I was trying way too hard to be liked by people and everything I made was absolute garbage. (laughs) So I stopped and then, um, yeah, I was, I didn't record anything for like a year and a half. And then as I said, Kyle was like, yo, you need to do it. Change your name because (laughs) other people are going to find your old stuff and that's not going to be good. I was like, that's true. (laughs) <laughs> and then um, I went through this, like, necklace phase where I had, like, five different necklaces for, like, no reason. And I'm half Jewish, so, of course, he thought it'd be hilarious. He's like, yo, it's Dan the Jeweler. And I was like, yeah, I get what you're doing there. <laughs> you're not that funny. He's like, no, no, you get it, Jeweler. And I was like, yes, I get it. And then um, I was like, fine, I'll do it as long as there's an A in the the, so that way it's even more ignorant. Cause like, <laughs> and then he was just like, "Okay, fine, yeah, that actually is perfectly fitting." So, <laughs> that's 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 a funny Arden story for the name. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, you. Do you have a, any new albums or, or tracks dropping? Yeah, uh, my album Fiji's and Forties is coming out April twentieth. So I guess by the time so, people hear this, yes. you can listen to it. Yeah, and where can they listen to it? Um, it'll be on all the streaming services and SoundCloud. Um, it's Dan the Jeweler, D-A-N-T-H-A, and then Jeweler spelled normally. Um, it'll be like Apple, um, Spotify, title, everything basically. So you no emojis in the titles. No emojis. Um, until until they can figure out how to do it, then I'll definitely make another emoji album. Especially since they made new emojis, so. Now, the, going back to the emoji album for just a second. Of course. Is that like, was it just with emoji titles or were the songs about emojis as well? Um, All the song titles were emojis based on the song. So like I'd make a song and I'm like, all right, what's the emoji that like fits closest to it? And most of them didn't really fit entirely. So there's like one song I mentioned, like a phone in the chorus so then I was like, yo, it's going to be the white iPhone emoji. But like, no one would know how to tell me like, yo, I like this song. And they're like, uh, I like this song that's got the phone. I was like, oh, white iPhone emoji. They're like, can you just have a real name for this? And I'm like, no, I'm sticking to it. It's uh, white iPhone emoji. Exactly. On SoundCloud, literally, I just titled the tracks like one, two, three, four, five to like whatever amount I had. And then just the like single tracks were just the picture of the emoji. Yeah, that was like the closest way I could make it work, but I didn't even like think of that until it was like time to release album. Oh, I can't do this. Um, and I, this is actually something I like to ask my uh, my musician guests because the answers tend to be different because I have like an array of like generations, I guess, of guests on. You have pretty much grown up in the the digital age. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so so like what's what's it like to produce an album in the digital age 
like I don't even know if you can compare it to to not because yeah you know. I can't. Um, when I first started, I used to work with my dad, and like all he did was just sit there and be like, "This is amazing," and he actually um gave me reason, and I still have it now. Like obviously the newer versions, but like when I first started, he was like, "Hey." I learned on this, and I looked at it. There's, like, knobs and everything. I was like, I have no idea what this is. And he was like, oh, it's based off of a real soundboard. And I was like, I'm nine? I have no <laughs> idea what this is. But then I learned off that, and then I don't really... I record in my bedroom. Like, I'm not that cool, but, like, I know people who record in actual studios, so sometimes I'm there. I'm just like, huh, I know how to use that if I have to, yeah. but I'm never going to have to do that. <laughs> Oh, so so you so what's your what's the process? Like you record in your bedroom and do you like send it somewhere to get mastered or do you do Yeah, take my care of um, my friend Jason Dietz, um he's goes to Berkeley. Um his company's Norcal Recordings. He's really good. So um I make design works for him cuz I'm also a graphic designer. And then our deal was just like Oh, I unplugged my headphones hold on a second. But our deal was I um I do design work for him, and he's like, I will mix and master your album. And I was like, you don't have to waste your time. And then he was like, no. And it sounds amazing, and I'm so glad he did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because it, now it sounds weird because I'm the guy sitting here doing a podcast who, you know, is supposed to, like, you know, audio engineer it and whatnot to sound good. But, like, what, I, I, like, is there a lot of work that, that, it gets put into mastering it like yeah definitely yeah. um like i know very like basics of it because i have no form of training in, like any music i just do this for yeah. fun and then um he goes to the most prestigious music school in the world so <laughs> he's he always just like I sent him one mix today. I was like, hey, what do you think of this? And he's like, I want to do these changes, but besides that's good. And I was like, oh, sounds good. I have no idea what he said. So I'm just going to send it to him after this and hope it'll be fixed before it's done. That's that's funny. At least I, you know, I'm not the only one that does something and has no idea what they're doing in their field. Oh, yeah. Literally my entire career in like both graphic design and music and everything is just like, happy accidents and which is like i really shouldn't be here but i am and it's working so i'm not going to complain too much about it that's that's yeah yeah no you you take those happy accidents so that you just, you you reap the benefits of it all right um so we are uh, after the interview we are going to be playing a uh track from uh, i assume from your new album yeah it was the uh, first thing all off of it <clears throat> and uh oh god i just closed it out uh <laughs> oh good. my god it's uh, just another night it's yep that, that's what i was looking for we'll be we're gonna be playing just another night off of the uh off dan the jeweler's new album name that again fiji's and 40s fiji's and 40s as in the water company even though i don't have a sponsorship so oh that's <laughs> you know fiji has some dope water though they do uh, I am a huge, it's actually like, I, it's hard for me to say water has like a different taste. Like, oh, it definitely drink, does taste better though. Yes, it does. And I'm not saying that like, they're not sponsoring my show. They're not sponsoring you. I wish they were. <laughs> yeah. They, they are just a better tasting. It has something to do with like coming from a volcano or something. I'm not a hundred percent sure. 
I just uh, know if you get a Fiji and get a 40, the guy behind the counter will look at you like you're an idiot. He's like, so are you broke or can you afford a Fiji? And they're just, they go together. <laughs> That's how the, the title, the name uh, of the album. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's where it came from. Nice. Uh, all right. Before we uh, play your track, let's, uh, let's get your plugs out that you need to get out there. Um, uh, shout out young kings that's my design company i design um my album art and my merchandise and logos stuff like that norcal recordings because he mixed and mastered my album and it would not sound as good as it does uh thanks kyle thornton anthony gomez there's probably a lot of other people who are going to be mad at me but i'm forgetting their name right now so <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> Uh, well, everyone, make sure you uh, head to the streaming or subscription or download music service of your choice. You're allowed to pirate my music if you want. I won't be mad. <laughs> just know I'm in college, so just have that in your consciousness. While, while you're pirating his music, just remember <laughs> that you're taking money away from his tuition. Uh, his but it's tuition. also okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also okay. All right. Uh, Dan, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you. Uh, make sure you uh, check Dan out and his music. Uh, just search Dan the Jeweler and you'll find everything, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I for sure. Everything is Awesome, I'm Kev. We'll see you next time right here on AwesomePodcast.com. We've been awesome.
Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, apologize, you guys have been getting a couple interviews for the last uh, week or two uh, with me sounding a little sick. Apologize. Hopefully by the time you hear me in, uh, you know, I don't know, May, I think at this point, I will sound a little bit better. But for now, take it for what it is. This week's guest uh, is a uh, is probably going to be the most worldly person we've spoken to. Um, he is a, uh, a traveler, um, and uh, there's a lot more, but if uh, my head was a little clearer, I would have a better intro prepared. I apologize to my guest and to you, the listener. Uh, we'll blame the zombie apocalypse uh, virus on this. Uh, please welcome to the show... Uh, the one, the only world traveler, not the world, I guess he's not the only world traveler, that's just a lie, but welcome to the show, Ferdy. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, Ferdy, thanks for being on the show. Uh, I know uh, we're on a bit of a time difference, it's not too early out there for you, is it? Um, no, it's 20 past 7, it's not too bad. Yeah, I, I, I know, because uh, originally when we were talking times, you're like, ooh, that's real early or real late for me. Uh, so what's, what's as a person uh, who does a bit, a bit of traveling, like, do you have, like, a schedule or, or no? Um, well, nowadays I'm actually working full-time at the same time, so uh, I do have somewhat of a schedule. I am... Um... But, um, yeah, being up at 7.20 is not too early for me nowadays. It used to be. I think uh, when I'm on the road, then sometimes uh, you got to sleep in, but it's it's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, my, my only experience of travel was work-related probably about a decade ago uh, and working overnights. So, like, I understand that, like, 7.20 can be – like, that used to be prime sleeping time for me. Uh, so I, so I appreciate you, uh, doing it as early as you are. Um, so let's, let's just, uh, let's, where are you from originally? Um, I'll, I'm, I think the easy answer is probably say Europe. Um, so I'm European, but I guess within Europe, it's pretty mixed up. So, um, I usually say I'm kind of half German, half English, um, lived all about, Okay, yeah, because because uh, I was honestly expecting like uh, like an accent barrier to like really be hurting this interview uh, <laughs> because we were discussing the time zones and I had like I had to look up what the hell CET meant uh, and and discover like just to like make sure we were on the same page for time and I was like oh boy this could be a, this could be a, a train wreck for me uh, so. All right, so you're you're half English, half German. Where are your parents from originally? Um, yeah, so my mom's German, my dad's um, British, so he's English, so he's from London. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, I don't sound English anymore. I've lived abroad for so long, and I've moved around so much that um, I, I didn't live in the UK most of my life. But um, uh, still, English is still my first language. So um, hopefully, not too much of an accent barrier there. I'm yeah because you even like I'm obviously American I'm I'm Philly uh and I don't even really hear like a like a like a a British accent like it is you got yourself a nondescript accent there yeah pretty much uh sometimes people think I'm South African or something but um now well do, do South Africans they 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 speak 
uh, well, I shouldn't say English because obviously, but like, do they have more of a British accent or is it like classified as its own little thing? Um, I don't know. I think it's more like, so I don't think I actually sound South African. I think it's just that people hear me and they say, well, that guy obviously speaks English properly, but at the same time, he doesn't sound American or English or Australian. Uh, Let's okay. just play some kind of English speaking country at, at that and see what happens. But, um, okay. yeah, they do have their own accent. Oh, so like South Africa gets like lumped, like, oh, we don't know what he sounds like. He's South African. Exactly. That's what happens. Uh, gotcha. So um, where did the the love of travel uh, begin for you? Like what what made you want to begin traveling? Um, that's actually an interesting question. Uh, I think it's mainly to do with the fact that, so as a kid, I moved around a lot because, um, I mean, I was born in Germany, then straight away my parents moved to England, and then we moved to Hungary in Eastern Europe, actually, for 10 years. And um, I already moved around a lot as a kid. I've always been used to adapting to new environments, seeing new things, and uh, I had the privilege to travel quite a bit as well with my parents, especially around Europe and around where we were living. So uh, I think I just got a taste for it. And then when I was 18 or 19, I went out traveling by myself for the first time. I went to China. And um, after that, I just kind of caught the bug. And now I can't spend more than two, three months in one place without getting itchy feet. So uh, that's that's interesting. I, uh, I I've never like when I when I traveled for work, which, mind you, uh, in the United States, it's just pretty much like for me, it was up and down the East Coast, like from from Maine to Florida, uh, sometimes a little like out west and whatnot. But like I, I would get like tired of it so quickly. Um, but maybe it's because I'm I'm not like, have you been to the States like or, or do you keep to like the European type countries? Um, I think I'm now officially reached 55 countries and the States is not one of them. Um, wow. For the reason that until I was 21, I thought I'm not going to go to the States because I won't be able to drink any beer. I won't be able to go out properly. Um, and then after that, I've been thinking if I go to the States, I want to go properly. So I'm thinking road tripping for two or three months and um, I'm still waiting for the right time to do that since other, other than that, uh, I've been pretty much traveling around Europe um, and a lot around Asia. I've been around most of Asia and then a little bit of North Africa, a little bit of South America or Latin America, but um, not to the States yet. Still on my so, list. Do you, so do you have like a, um, like a number of uh, like, what's your goal? Is your goal like X amount or like all of them, uh, all the countries? I don't have an explicit goal because you can never really uh, predict what's going to happen in uh, some of these countries. But um, uh, yeah, all of them sounds pretty good to me. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm considering maybe trying to aim for that in the long run. But um, I just want to see. I just want to see everything, basically. Is there has there been like a, a place that you that you you were going to and you were like oh, I can't wait to go here and and it ended up being like a dreadful place to be a dreadful place to be um yeah. i'll start with that one first no i don't think that's ever really happened i think every country has something to offer this sounds like a kind of airy fairy answer like a kind of a catch-all answer but um honestly i think every place has something to offer and uh so far i've tended to more underestimate than overestimate the place i'm gonna be i was gonna go um I'm trying to think what kind of countries I was disappointed about. Not many. 
Or maybe like the better question is like, um, maybe not most disappointing or, or like that, but like maybe like the, like, eh, you know what? That is one that's a little like, I wouldn't go back here again because it's not safe. Like, have you been to like an unsafe place? Oh, um, yeah, I've been to unsafe places within certain countries. So um, I lived I lived in Glasgow in Scotland for a while, which was known as murder capital of Europe, but it's nowhere, uh-huh. near, nowhere near as bad as people think. Oh, uh, you know what? You're not the first person to say this. I forget who else I spoke with, but they said, yeah, Glasgow is like murder capital of Europe, but it's really not that bad. Yeah. Why does it have such a harsh uh, reputation? Uh, I don't know because it's an industrial city and it has a lot of crime in some sense, but it's also split up a lot. So you've got parts of Glasgow that are quite quite rough and then parts of Glasgow that are just university, college, really relaxed West End areas. But um, with regards to kind of like more, more dangerous places, well, I've traveled quite a bit in Asia. So um, two weeks ago, I was about 800 meters from North Korea. Um, and I've traveled just in India, parts of India as well that aren't particularly safe. Um, I've only ever canceled one trip out of safety concerns. And that was when I was going to fly from Thailand to, um, I, fl- I went from Thailand to Myanmar. And then I was going to go from Myanmar to Nepal over Bangladesh. And um, there had been so many terror reports. And I, I usually try not to freak out because there's so much sensationalism in the news. And people are always much more worried than you need to be. But then um, I was speaking to some people I knew who were living in Bangladesh at the time, and they just said, okay, don't come. It's not worth it. And it was only going to be a two-day layover. And I thought, okay, well, I'll reschedule the flight. It was free to reschedule, so I did that. It's the only time I've done that. So, okay, that that brings up some interesting questions. Um, so I don't know, uh, I don't know how how traveling is different how is traveling different now compared to even when you were a kid because i'm sure you have memories of traveling when you were a kid like the, the plane rides is it you know for i know i see as an american things change drastically you know on september 11th yeah. uh of 20 2001 what about the 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 rest of the world you know as, as a european have things cha- changed and was it around 9 11 or, or was it another time frame? Yeah, I think everything that happens to the States kind of happens to Europe as well. So uh, everything that's a giant, a giant cultural, all the culture, uh, big cultural trends in the States, they kind of trickle down to Europe. Um, all the good and the bad things that happen there, they, they kind of affect us a lot too. So um, yeah, same thing around 9-11, everything started to change. Airport security went up a lot. Um, and just the, yeah, the, the entire process of kind of getting from the the airport entrance to your actual plane just became a lot longer, a lot more complicated, no liquids, all this kind of stuff. Um, but I guess the biggest difference really, because if you go around, if you travel around the world, you'll see that most airports kind of operate the same way unless you go to really small countries where sometimes you'll have a tiny airport that looks more like a bus station. But um, oh, wow. yeah, that happens. But um the big change that I've really seen is kind of the internet, basically. Just the web, uh, apps, uh, all kinds of resources, things like couch surfing, um, these kind of, pro- these kind of um, sites and all this kind of stuff, this kind of technology has really changed travel really a lot. For, for the better? 
Uh, I would say for the better. I, I guess there's a downside when you see people in amazing situations, uh, too busy taking selfies, then to uh. up what's happening. But um, I guess that's a personal decision. At the end of the day, if you know how to kind of monitor your uh, tech intake or your um, digital intake, I guess that's that's not so bad. But um, I would say for the better. Uh, for example, despite the fact that I travel a lot, um, I'm known amongst my friends for my terrible sense of direction. So. Um, <laughs> I've, I've gotten lost in places where I once got lost in China in a fishing village and um, I couldn't speak to anyone. I couldn't understand anyone. Anytime I asked someone for a, pic uh, a question, they wanted to take a photo of me um, and take a selfie <laughs> with me or a picture with me or ask me questions even though they didn't speak English. So um, I've been lost a lot of times. I've been lost in Morocco. Um, I've been lost in India many times. So um, for me now, the fact that in some countries when you arrive, you can, for just two or three bucks, get a SIM card with, um, with 3G, which allows you to pretty much use Google Maps, that has saved my life a lot. Oh, wow. It's, it's nuts, cause I, and I don't know, you know if this would have helped me. I, I have a decent sense of direction, um, but, but I remember you know going to Canada for a couple uh, things for work, and like I came back, and they said... Hey man, my company said, Hey man, can you, uh, figure out a way to not rack up a $300 cell phone bill? I was like, well, what do you want me to do? I gotta fucking, I gotta do work. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't realize it was like that inexpensive to, so, so the, the SIM card is, is it get you phone access or just straight up GPS access? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just a standard SIM card. It's a local one. So uh -huh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take my SIM card from here in the Netherlands. Yeah abroad because then that that gets pretty expensive but uh in countries like cambodia and vietnam and thailand you can get a standard sim card with 3g internet package and everything in, included for like three bucks oh wow yeah. um well that's that's incredibly helpful uh and it is fascinating that you don't have a good sense of direction as someone who travels all over uh that just kind of is a little, like an amusing little fact um, so, so, it, but it sounds like you, so you, you haven't picked up, uh, you, you don't pick up like languages that like when you prepare to go somewhere or, or do you like just learn the basics? Um, well, I grew up learning quite a lot of languages. So, uh, when it comes to European languages, like English, German, French, Spanish, some Hungarian as well, like all those that, that, that kind of has me covered in Europe. Um, and if I were, were to go to the Americas as well both North America and Latin America, I'd be covered. But um, yeah, when I travel to Asia and stuff, I try to pick up some words. I try to learn some basics. But um, yeah, it's um, it also depends what kind of trip I'm on. So um, if, you're, if you're traveling five, six weeks and you go through three or four different countries, um, it's pretty hard to learn the language. So if I take an example, a couple of years ago, I went hitchhiking through the Balkans. So I hitchhiked basically from Turkey all the way through to Austria, through like 13 countries. And um, there really, it wasn't that easy to pick up the language and uh, speak to people because uh, sometimes in six days, I was in two or three different countries. So, oh, wow. Uh, I try to get by with English and a mixture of other stuff. And you kind of develop a sign slash travel language where you can just point at stuff and make points and somehow get away with um, without speaking a word. Aside from, from uh, getting lost, has that language barrier when you've encountered it like ever been problematic? Um, yeah, well, I, I've never, it's never been hugely problematic. You always kind of figure it out afterwards. But, um, 
there have been quite a few times where I've gotten lost or where I've gotten in a taxi or a rickshaw or a tuk-tuk or one of those, you know, little makeshift bike taxi thingies they have in India, for example. And you get in and you tell someone you want to go somewhere. And um, what happens in a lot of countries, the culture is that they don't tell you, I don't understand or I don't know. Uh, whatever you say, even if they don't understand a word, they'll just say, yeah, sure. Okay, no problem. And then they'll take you somewhere. So you'll, you'll get in and you'll say, okay, well, I want to go to the Golden Temple or whatever. Uh, and they're going to be like, yeah, of course, no, pro no problem at all. We'll do it, blah, blah, blah. And then um, they get on the road and then you're suddenly in the middle of nowhere and you're thinking, okay, what the hell do I do about this? And, um, <laughs> and they don't even speak English, so you can't even fix it or sort it out. So that kind of stuff does happen. It's, you know what, and, and I'm sure, I don't know, do you guys have, uh, like, an Uber type thing out there? Uh, yeah. Like in, what, what was that? We have Uber. Okay. So, but I guess that's not all over. Like, I, I kind of, I'm kind of generalizing the fact that well, you're not in America. Yeah. Like India has Uber. Um, I was in wow. the Arab Emirates. They had Uber. Um, it's kind of random, spotty, but um, yeah, a lot of countries do have Uber. So, so I mean, that's had to do. You, do you utilize that when you can, or do you still prefer like, uh, like maybe an older school of of traveling? You know, when you're abroad, uh, I like to mix it up. So, um, I I like I like roughing it, um, or I like the idea of roughing it. You know, like <laughs> there's this certain kind of on the road romanticism. Uh, yeah. to it, but um, at the same time, when you're in the situation, when you're, yeah, I keep using India as an example, but it could be Indonesia or China, and um, you're in the middle of nowhere, you're on an incredibly uncomfortable train or bus, which is crowded, I think there's 30 people sitting on 10 spots, and you have food oh, wow. poisoning, and the uh, toilet is actually just a hole in the ground that leads to the tracks. Um, in those situations, I start questioning whether roughing it is that good an idea. <laughs> Um, but for like short distances, when I was in India, I used Uber a lot simply because, um, they can't rip you off. Okay. Yeah. And, um, it's really when you arrive in a new place and you have no idea what the normal prices are, it can be a really good way to get around, especially because Uber is so incredibly cheap in India. You drive 20 minutes and you pay a dollar fifty. Oh, wow. That's nuts. It's uh, for us in the States, it's a minimum of five. So even if you like we I actually just did a live show in uh, in, in the city in Philadelphia and w where we parked, I, I we had like all this equipment to log. I was like, oh, the only thing stopping me from calling an Uber is that I don't want to pay five dollars to go s three blocks down the road. Yeah, it's just um, in the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, so going back to like the places you visited, what would you say is either your favorite or, or, you know, most, uh, memorable, uh, you know, um, your favorite place that you've been or the one that you have the, the most memories from. Um, that's also a tricky question. I think I've, there's a few, there's a few. Um, I think, um, the place that most positively surprised me was Burma, Myanmar. Um, because it's just this country that was closed up for years or decades and nobody really knows anything about it. And uh, that's kind of why I went. I wanted to go somewhere where there weren't going to be thousands of tourists and thousands of other people. And I went and I, um, I, met, I met some other travelers. It was really awesome. And the people there were so incredibly friendly. Uh, the same thing goes for like Indonesia, for example. The people are so, so friendly, it's insane. 
Because you walk down the street, people will come and offer to pay for something that you ordered, even if you don't know them. Uh, they'll show oh, you wow. around. They'll ask you if you need help. And, um, you know, uh, in the West, uh, so in Europe, and I guess it's the same in the States to some extent, maybe less, um, you're not really used to people coming up to you in the street and just being nice. Um, so you, you straight away go into suspicion mode and caution mode. Uh, is this person yeah. scam me? Is this person trying to trick me? But actually, they're just really happy that you're in their country and they just want to talk to you and just spend time with you. So um, Indonesia really up there. Myanmar is up there. Um, I really, I really, uh, India is one country that for me is extremes. So you'll see the most amazing, beautiful, touching things ever when you're in India. But you're also going to see some pretty horrible things at the same time. So um, India is a country of extremes. So there's always really big highs and really big lows as well. But those are some countries that I really love. The uh, commenting on like the when people approach you uh, here in the states is the same. Like it is exactly the same of like what does this person want? Uh, like guards got. I would say that probably if you go up to Canada, it's that's probably more like other countries. Uh, at least, I mean, and you may know more than I, because have you? So have you traveled to Canada at all, or or no North America? Not not yet. It's on my list next year, probably, maybe even this year. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, the few times that I've been to Canada. Everyone there, yeah, and can Canadians have the the you know stereotype of being super nice anyway. But uh, yeah, I've never had like a complaint about going to Canada, and I don't know if they approach you like you described, um, you know, in, in the countries that you've been to, but they definitely like are way nicer, way nicer than us crappy, you know, Americans. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, but it is such a fun thing. That is probably the only like exotic. Well, no, that's not true. I've been, I've been to there, Mexico and, uh, like the, uh, the islands, like the Caribbean islands. Uh, they've been some of the places that I've like gone to and, and, and really enjoyed. Um, but you know, for me, it's all usually local travel. Like our big excursion is usually a trip to Florida, <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know that's that's what happens when you uh, have kids. You you your your uh, your vacations and and travel are planned around like, well, what would they like to do? Yeah, that makes um, sense. yeah, and usually like a trip. Eh, let's go to India. India is not high on their list. No, probably not. I can I can't imagine. Now, uh, so I know you also uh, kind of do you document all your travels on your blog, correct? Um, yes, sort of. So, well, so explain your blog because I know you wanted to talk about your blog a little bit too, where where you talk about traveling and you talk about life experiences and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I started the blog. It's called Wireless Vagabond. Um, it's called that because that's pretty much um, how. I uh, kind of view my life a little bit, bringing together the this idea of uh, technology and the modern era with uh, with vagabonding and traveling. Um, and yeah, I started the blog because, well, at first I, I was thinking, okay, I want to document my experiences while I travel around. But then I thought I want to do something more original, uh, mainly because I, I've traveled a lot. And as part of my travels, I've met amazing people who have done amazing things because um, I always say that if, if, you, if you stay in one place, 
you kind of need, if you want to see the world, you need the world to come past you. They need to come through your town or your village or wherever you live and kind of circulate around you. Whereas if you go out and travel, it's uh, easier to see, it's much easier to, to see more of the world and meet yeah. people from different backgrounds. And um, I've met so many amazing people and um, so many inspiring people that um, I, th I thought, okay, there's something more to this lifestyle. It's not just... It's not just a hobby. It's not just something that, hey, I, you know, I like to play guitar. I like to play music. I, I like to travel. Uh, I think it's almost a lifestyle and a life choice to a lot of people. And um, that's why I did the whole digital nomad thing for over a year. So I was traveling and working online for myself. So, so I kind of was, was my own boss, traveled around, worked whenever I wanted out of cafes and bars and things like that. Um, and even now where I'm more settled, I'm living in Amsterdam, I'm, um, I'm working, um, working full time. I kind of want to show that no matter what kind of lifestyle you lead, no matter what kind of job you have, you can always make the most out of life in general. And, um, so my blog is mainly hugely about travel, but it's in the wider picture. It's more about the fact that, you know, you can have an awesome life and an exciting life and do all kinds of amazing things regardless of where you're from, where you live, what your job is, how much money you have. I think so much is due to mindset, it's due to your kind of outlook on life, what, you you know, what, you're, what you're willing to do, if you're spontaneous, if you want to try new things. So um, just as, pa as part of traveling around, I've just met so many unique and strange and out-of-the-ordinary people um, who are just, you know, they're living what you know if you just looked at their lives you'd think wow these guys must be millionaires they're you know they're traveling around the world they're living on they're hanging out on beaches trekking up mountains they're doing all these amazing things but actually they're not any better off than someone who works a standard nine-to-five job i mean financially so um that's kind of what i want to talk about and what i want to kind of report and put out there to show people that um if you want to achieve something you really can and I think in the States, you guys have that mentality already, this kind of, you know, the, the American dream mentality. Um, mm -hmm. I think in a lot of European countries, um, it's a little bit different. For example, in the UK, it's very much the opposite. It's the kind of um, accept where you are and where you're going to be in life kind of mentality in a lot of circles. So um, I, I think that that kind of dream, dreamer mentality is super important. I think it's also why you have so many amazing things in the States, so many big innovations and famous people. So um, I kind of want to report about all of that. That's kind of what I try to write about. It's it's uh, it's interesting to say that, like, you, you, you think the States are like, yeah, the States are already kind of there. And, and I guess I never think about it as being from the States because we, we are like it is like, you know, we do have like that that dreamer mentality. Uh, and I say we I just I say that as like, you know, just the people that I interact with, like the creative community. Um, I mean, there wouldn't be a creative community if there weren't a bunch of dreamers out here, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, and I guess it's, I guess it helps that there's just so many of us here compared to like, say England, where, you know, it's, I would imagine not, you know, the, the, the population is smaller. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's great. I, I love that. I, I, uh, you know, I hope to, when, uh, when the kids are grown to start traveling a bit more because like, I, have you ever been to, this is like my dream place. Have you ever been to Ireland? Oh, I've been to Ireland a few times. Yeah. Uh, is it as awesome as I want it to be? Um, that depends how awesome you want it to be. Um, no, it's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful place. I would say that Ireland and Scotland need to be considered kind of together. 
If you're coming yeah. all the way from the States, I would suggest that you go to Ireland and you go to Scotland because Scotland is absolutely stunning. Ireland is as well. Um, it's, yeah, it's pretty much everything you expect it to be. Green yeah, metal, uh, oh. beer, people being incredibly friendly and very funny and a lot of, a lot of drinking. Um, it's pretty much everything you'd expect it to be. Yeah, I am, uh, I am like, you know, practically 100% Irish. Uh, and that's like just kind of my dream to go like experience my roots of like, cause I think it's my, I think it's my great grandparents, I believe. I'm, so I'm not that far removed from like where my family might like immigrated from Ireland to, to America. Uh, so it's always been a place that I just wanted to go check out. It just seems like it would be so incredibly beautiful. Yeah, you should totally do it. Um, it's it's going to happen one day. Pack up the kids and go. So I can... Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it somewhere that you think the kids would have fun? Yeah, totally. I mean, it depends what they're into. But um, yeah, I mean, there's – I mean, Dublin is a beautiful city. Um, Galway is beautiful. Um and you've just got amazing nature. So if your kids like being in, being in the outdoors and like nature, um, yeah. I don't know how much kids like that these days. But um, uh, if they do, then Ireland is a really great place. Um, the, only, the only downside, I guess, is the weather. But um, I kind of, I don't know, if, I, if I'm going to Ireland, I kind of want it to be a bit rainy. That's kind of how I imagine it, kind of like Moorish and rainy and uh, mysterious. And, you know, so I guess that adds to the vibe. Yeah, like for me, like I like because this is how much I love Ireland. Like on my phone, I have on the weather app Ireland, Dublin, Ireland is one of my like locations in the weather app, so I can always look look at it. Maybe they get rain a little bit more than us, but it feels like that their weather is similar to like Philadelphia. Like it's like Philadelphia maybe gets a little bit more sunshine, but at the end of the day, eh, we have rainy days. We have them too. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I live in Amsterdam. We got we got a, share, a fair share of rain as well. So um, now uh, we'll we'll maybe leave on this question. What made you uh, kind of at least for now settle in Amsterdam? Was it was it work related or was it like, hey, this is where I want to live for a little while and I'll find work here? Um, that's actually a really good question because um, so I was doing the whole digital nomad thing and that's been really hyped up if you look online there's a lot of people who are doing it and talking about it and there's a lot of amazing things about it that you know traveling the world and working for yourself and being completely free to do whatever you want um, it's really awesome but when I did that people used to tell me all the time dude you're you're always on holiday what's up with that and um, that's really cool because in some sense you are always on holiday but the downside with the digital nomad lifestyle is that you're also never on holiday. So you'll be in an amazing place. You'll be like in Vietnam in the rice fields and you want to soak it in. And then you get a message about some kind of work-related emergency or some kind of deadline or something like that. So um, what I thought is um, I still want to – I mean I'm still young. I'm still 24. I still want to learn tons of things. I need to soak up as much um, knowledge, information, skills and everything as I can. So I thought, you know what, I wouldn't mind settling down for a while, getting a proper job, um, getting a little bit of routine into my life because there are so many different things in my life that I want to work on. And uh, it's very difficult to do when you're traveling. So, for example, yeah. staying healthy and staying fit is super difficult when you're traveling a lot. Um, all these kind of things. So I thought, okay, you know what, I'm going to settle down. And I love the Netherlands. I love Amsterdam. I think it's the greatest city in the world. Um, I can't... I can't say that um, with full confidence because I haven't been to every city in the world, but I've been to a lot of cities. 
Um, and um, I definitely have some frame of reference. I love it here. I love the like we were talking about this mentality, uh, this ambitious mentality you have in the States. You have that here in the Netherlands too, even though it's just 17 million people. But um, people are super nice, friendly, open. Um, they're really, you know, interested in achieving new things and innovating and changing the world. And I thought it was just a really cool country, really happy being here. So I thought, you know what, I'll settle down for a bit, get some work, save some money and uh, plan some trips along the side. And I still went to Japan and Korea a couple of weeks ago, so I'm still traveling despite that. So so, so when you travel now, is it like, are you still doing like weeks at a time or is it more like long weekends or? Um, a bit of everything. So when I was, before I was working full time, I would just take my back. I, I, so for example, I never check in luggage. Um, I haven't checked in luggage in about 10 years. I just, oh, wow. I just take a small backpack. Um, and I travel off that because I, I mean, I do it the proper backpacking style where you're on the road, um, hitchhiking, camping, these kind of things, roughing it quite a lot. Um, so, um, yeah, that's basically, I really try to always get the most out of it wherever I go. So sometimes that'll be a weekend. Uh, sometimes that'll be a week, but, um, unfortunately I don't have the time to do three or four month trips at the moment, but, um, I do plan to do that in the near future at some point. That sounds amazing. It sounds like a very fun lifestyle, uh, a very fun way to to like spend your twenties, especially like that's, you know, when you're young, it's the time to do it, uh, and you're doing it. Um, where can people find you and and follow your journey of of the this lifestyle you're living? Yeah, so um, I blog about it at um, wirelessvagabond.com. So that's wirelessvagabondtogether.com. Um, that's where I try to write about all the kind of things I've kind of learned and all the things I've discovered. I, I try to kind of give a glimpse into the lifestyle to hopefully uh, motivate and inspire others to maybe try something out, try something new. Um, and otherwise, yeah, you just look up, look up Wireless Vagabond on Facebook or Instagram. You'll you'll find me. I always try to post as much as possible. Super busy these days, but um, I've got all kinds of articles lined up, lots of tips and new ideas and some videos as well. So I'm um, really hoping to to share more stuff with more people. So very cool. I, uh, I, I'm exhausted just listening about your life over the last, you know, 24 years. It sounds like, uh, Ferdy, thank you for being on the show. No, thank you. Uh, make sure you check out Ferdy at the wireless and just Google that. If you want to find him on all the other social medias and whatnot, uh, sounds like it's, you can learn, you know, and I'm even going to say it for here for us in the States because we're not better than anybody else. Just because we dream doesn't mean we're better than anybody else. We can learn a, 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 this lifestyle better than we live it. So, uh, everyone check it out. You will not be disappointed. I assure you, uh, thanks to Ferdy for being on the show. You can follow the show on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at That Nerdy Kev. And of course, uh, you can find us on AwesomePodcast.com. For everything is awesome, I'm Kev. We'll see you next time uh, right here on AwesomePodcast.com. We've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit CourtEmparts.com.